The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love Hello. the power. Port Adelaide preview podcast for the round 20 match to be played against the Adelaide Crows. It's a Sunday twilight match at Adelaide Oval. I believe played at about 4.10pm is the kickoff. Um, I'm Portia and joining me this week is Rick. Rick, how are you? Hey, bad boys, bad boys. What are they going to do? Who knows what they're going to do? It's really, like I thought last, I thought the win against, I thought the game against the Kilda was going to be an absolute slam dunk for us. Easy win. And then we turn it into... I guess the match of the round, really. <laughs> well, for a lo- fair chunk of it, it was looking like a comfortable win. Mm, not twice. And then we, t- <laughs> yeah, well, we we sort of we, like, two or three goals in front, and uh, we were just sort of going through the motions, and then we just sort of had that brain fart in the last quarter. It reminds me of that really wintry Richmond game back in the nineties, where I think we kicked five goals and won the match. Um, that was that. I'm sure the weather conditions were much worse for that match than they were in this St Kilda one. Um, mm. Yeah, worrying, worrying coming into a what? showdown. But I don't know. I, it actually made me reflect um, about showdowns, and I think a showdown a couple of years ago. So I think it might have been fifteen when. Um, the Crows just decimated us in the beginning. Mm. Do you remember that? And it was like 60 to nothing or something along those lines. Um, I think it was the first showdown. I'm trying to remember. I think it was time just flies, so I'm not sure if it's 15 or 16. I'm pretty sure it was 15. Uh, And it was their, their, their home game, and they just had that amazing start where they just had this massive lead straight from the get go. And uh, it all, that's almost been symptomatic since that game of our problem for the last couple of years, you know, where we just disappear for a quarter and just get absolutely obliterated like we did against Melbourne, uh, which you were happy about. I heard you were partying on the streets after oh. that game. Yeah, Very yeah, disappointed. Yeah. Partying then, at Richmond uh, train station trying to get home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even in our winning games, we seem to uh, have those, those quarter fade-outs still. Mm, mm, mm. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's the, really the thing about particularly games when you're up against a good midfield and you are a good midfield side. Like those momentum games, like the men- momentum is really strong when you've got a strong midfield side. Um, like I think that back back when we were in the 90s, and sorry, the early 2000s, when we had the Warren Treadway forward line, we were really consistent. And I remember a frustration of our team then was that we felt like we could get the same guaranteed number of goals every week, but we maybe didn't have the X factor in the middle that we needed at times to really get ahead, which, of course, you know, going up against the Brisbane Lions was really was a bit of a killer for us a lot of the time. I feel like now we've got a lot of X factor, but we're just lacking that reliability. We haven't quite found that perfect balance, but looking at this week, the Crows, I mean, they, they almost it's pretty hard to say they haven't got that balance right now. Um, they've got a really functional forward line. We've got four forwards over 20 goals this year. You know, that's not that common. Um, they've got a, a good contested midfield um, and they're just producing every week. So, uh, mm, I don't know. Do you think this is the match of the round? How do you, how do you feel about that? Mm. Has to be, doesn't it? Oh, Sydney-Geelong's a pretty good game. Yeah, I think it's probably a pretty good one. I don't know. I'd say there's probably a... I think there's a lot at stake in that game. I don't, I, and then you've got Giants and Melbourne. Um, I mean, the Crows are sitting pretty at the top, so 
I think it's got to come down to our game or uh, Geelong, Sydney or um, yeah, or Melbourne uh, Melbourne Giants. I'd probably go Geelong, Sydney, actually. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that'll be an interesting one, but I don't know. I kind of feel like for what's at stake, this is a really big one. You know, we talk about the showdown and how it's meant to be just another game, but it really isn't. Um, mm. Like if we got a win over Adelaide this week, oh, oh, what what would that what would that do? That that'd be oh, that that would be well, it's not a credibility. It'd be good for us, yes, but I mean, no, but also. Yeah. It, would, it would turn me from a suspect supporter on where we are to a genuine believer, well, not genuine believer, but a believer that we're, maybe we can do something. Um, I still feel like we're just lacking that little bit of credibility. And I know there's some Facebook fans out there that are hating me right now for being honest about my opinion, but that's how I feel. And I think there's a lot of us that feel that way at this point in time. I think that's true, but I also think like a loss to Port by the Crows this week, like that'd be actually a bit of a that'd be a real worrying thing coming this close to finals. Really, I mean they've won the last four games against us. They've only lost four times this season, and three of those teams, well, two of those teams aren't going to be in the finals most likely, and the other two, Geelong in Geelong and Melbourne Adelaide Oval. Who knows? I mean, I don't think if I was a Crows fan, I'd be particularly worried about either of those. Maybe Geelong, but um, to lose against Port. And, you know, three weeks out of the finals, I think that'd be pretty worrying. But, yeah, no, they, they wouldn't like that at all. But on the other hand, it might also be a little bit like Geelong 2007 when we won at Cardinia Park and then it all kind of went shit. <laughs> you know, it might be that we play our grand final too early. Um, I don't know. It's tricky. Nah, I think it's a bit... I mean, they're not they're not resting players like, that, like what happened in that game. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, I think... I think it's it's if we're going to win, this should be a good opportunity because um, yeah, I think a draw is probably best for us. They're going to be a bit complacent. They came back from a massive margin, uh, but they're not going to have the high of the win. So, um, and it gives us a fillip come into the finals. And I was also thinking we really want Geelong and GWS to win their games too, surely. Yeah, I think that there are some people that sort of think that we're still a chance to nab third. I don't. So, yeah, I agree. <laughs> mm. um, I, I think that fourth is where we want to be, pretty much. Um, mm. it, it does give us the dread final first week, most likely, against the Crows, but at least it's at home. And but if, I think that's what that's what we want. It kind of is, right? Because like, even yeah. if we lose, then we're at home the next week as well. Uh, and, and then we get on the different side of the draw. Yeah, as well. Yeah. And yeah. So, so I, I think that that's... I mean, if we're fourth, I think that's almost ideal for us, really. So, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. No, um, we want fourth. We want fourth? Well, unless the Crows drop to second. <laughs> well, then we, then we want third. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not greedy. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to beat them twice in the finals. That would be good. That would be good. I think that was something we did to Brisbane, wasn't it? In 2004, we beat them three times in the year or something. Or not yeah. twice in the finals, but three times in the year. Like, that's a nice that's a nice thing to do to a team. Yeah, baby. Mm. How's, the chat, how's the chat room? We got activity tonight? Or are yeah, we, yeah, are we... yeah. Look, we've just had a, a reminder. So anyone that's uh, looking for a little bit of footage to listen to, or not footage, a little interview to listen to, um, Craig Jones is on here saying that uh, they had Lee Gaskin from AFL Media on last night on the Portress podcast, which is, um, yeah, apparently he's a Crows fan, so maybe not that big of a scoop. 
but um, it might be interesting to listen to. I haven't heard it myself. So, uh, well, that's, that's disgusting. That. Why the hell would they have a Crows fan? <laughs> well, reporter, reporter on there. Come on, Craig, get with it. Sport <laughs> fan radio. <laughs> or I did. I was tempted to call it Bagger Crow Radio. So, if oh, you're okay. paying him out, that would have been all right too. No. And Dylan's asked you to do more Austin Powers lines. Yeah, baby. That's the only one I know. But I'll see what I can do. I'll Google it while we're talking. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, look, we'll talk briefly about Adelaide's season so far. We already kind of just did it a little bit, but let's just go straight into it properly. They're currently first on the ladder. They had a draw with Collingwood last week, which I remember saying in the preview podcast that I thought Collingwood was going to do better than people thought. And they did, but they didn't win. Um, Four wins in a row before that. And they've only had four losses for the season against North in Tasmania, Geelong at Geelong, and Melbourne at Hawthorne at Adelaide Oval. Um, I guess if you're looking for a common theme there, I mean, they've all got tall forwards. That's about it. And pretty decent midfields, mostly. So, um, yeah, that's really it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's their sore spot, uh, and we don't have it. So we've got the midfield when they're on form. The, Charlie Dixon, he's got, to be, he's got to be our MVP this week, really, um, given the team we're going up against. That's a well. I don't want to get there too early, but yeah, he has to be. But it's a bit of a concern because he's just going to get mauled. He's going to have like four tall defenders just jumping all over him at every opportunity. I hope. I hope we're really looking and spotting up different targets this week to really try and splinter him apart a little bit. Yeah. Well, just sticking Adelaide for now. Um, last week, obviously, they drew. Uh, it was the draw with Collingwood, but they kicked sixteen seven, and Collingwood kicked fifteen thirteen, which was hugely wasteful. But uh, oh well, there you mm. go. Uh, Mitch McGovern kicked four goals too. Josh Jenkins got three. Andy Otten got two. And Matt Crouch has nine clearances, 36 disposals. He was everywhere. Um, I don't know. Like you, You've got to feel like maybe they might have used a few tickets to get that draw. But who knows? It's, it's, it's really hard to tell where they're at. Well, I think it's... Yeah, I mean, it was like that North Melbourne game, but um, Collingwood just didn't have the uh, uh, the power to, uh, to sort of hang on, did they, unfortunately? No, but no. it's... I guess I don't know. It's yeah. Look, I I think their defence is solid. You know, their forward lines very very versatile, um, and they've got a even though I, is height their height in the midfield they're only maybe chink at the moment. There's not much. There's really not much at all. Um, if you go into how they're winning, like um, they're obviously you know top of the ladder. They're top of the most of the stat categories as well. Um, they're top of the marks inside 50, they've got the most goals, second most inside 50s, and they're first in goal assists in the league. Um, their attack is really, it's multidimensional. That's really the worrying part about it. It's multidimensional. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, the midfield, they're top of the league with a test of possession. They have the most clangery games of any team, which is interesting because I'm counting both their clangers and clangers against them. Um, mm. And that just says how contested they play. They play genuinely, you know, legit contested football. Uh, and that's hard to keep up for a full game, and they've been doing it all season, so that's tough. Um, this is the Crow mm. Show now, by the way. <laughs> this, is the, this is the Go Crows Show because we're going to have to talk them up a little bit longer. Um, well, I heard, the, I heard Lee Gaskins listening in, so we better, uh, we better behave. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. Uh, and uh, defence, uh, third least marks inside 50 against and the fourth least goals against, which is pretty good. Not quite up to the standard you'd expect for the top team. They're, that's still pretty damn good. Um, yeah, we've already said what they're good at. They're, they're pretty much everything that we've struggled against in 2017 in that they've got a really good contested midfield with marking forwards. 
Um, they fight for volume of scoring opportunity and they make a lot of it. You know, they've got a pretty good they've got pretty good efficiency going forward, realistically. Uh, and to win, we've got to beat the midfield and we've also got to not burn the ball when we get it. Which, I don't know. What do you reckon? you reckon we can do it, Rick? Actually, I know you're going to get to the selection shortly. Yeah. But the this week's selections have actually refreshed me because okay. I feel like I feel like if they had the balls to actually do three or four of those selections, um, it could change the side up against uh, against Adelaide to give us a bit of vibrancy, which I think is what we're needing. Um, so, I with the selections that have been done, I actually do have a little. I'm not confident, but I, I can see that there is maybe some potential. But uh, I'm just hoping that, you know, we've been on this special program just to sort of build us to finals. And uh, and I'm hoping that, you know, Ken unleashes the boys. And, you know, I think back to the first showdown, we were right in it. And we played a high-intensity game. And I think, you know, we've lost that over the last, the last six to eight weeks. We haven't played with that same high-intensity for whatever reason. So... Uh, I'm really, really interested to see how we go. So I'm giving us a chance. But well, yeah, sorry, keep going. But I'm not convinced that a showdown is a fifty-fifty game anymore. Why? Because I don't feel like we're a ch- that strong a chance to win. And if it's a fifty-fifty game, I should be able to. Um, build an argument quite confidently that we should be able to win this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's a 50-50 game, realistically. I just don't. Because if they're 50-50 games, why have we lost the last four? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but every every team has a bit of a run on. Yeah, uh, I know, but that's... Yeah, that's pretty. Good. That's that's real. That's pretty real. Let's be let's be real. So, anyway, let's just say what those selections are. Um, it is a Sunday game, so we've only got we've got four ins and one out so far. Uh, the out is Matthew Broadbrink with an angle in, ankle injury, which I don't think that's a huge loss. Um, and the ins are Angus Monfries, Aidan Johnson, Brendan Archie, and Dan Houston. Um, yeah. Now, if we make their minimum, if we just do Houston for Broadbent, I mean, obviously our side won't change much, and we can't expect much different to what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Um, I guess my question, talking about what we talked about with the Crows and they have contested football and you need to not turn the ball over, is is Jarman Impey in danger of being dropped yet? Obviously not. Well, <laughs> obviously, he... obviously Jarman does something that we don't see. Well, you see, this is the thing. Like Because it's a Sunday game, we haven't had the outs decided. It might be that he is being dropped, but it just hasn't been announced. And he has been named on the bench. Um, so the bench, just for reference, is Montfries, Amon, White, Impey, Johnson, Archie, and Houston. And I think that apart from, uh, I suppose, the inclusions, like Impey is the most likely to... Uh, White and Impey might both go, theoretically, but do we have the replacements coming in? You know, do we just say White and Impey for Johnson and Archie? Or for Montfries and Archie? Yeah, so I could see logical replacements to three out of four. So... Uh... Yeah, so you had Houston for Broadbent. I thought yeah. that was pretty logical. Yeah, I thought Johnson for White. Okay. I thought that was pretty logical. Um, Sam Power Pepper's been named on the ground, hasn't he? Yes, he has. I still suspect that Archie might replace him. Okay. Because at the game, in the first contest and about, he, uh, he grabbed his shoulder uh, like, and sort of was wincing in pain. So 
clearly his shoulder, and I said it on Monday, is sort of out of whack. And uh, and I think the coaches probably are realising they they uh, they probably need to give him a week or two off just to let it heal properly. So I, no. I'd imagine that Archie's in for cover for Pal Pepper. I reckon the most likely thing is that Pal Pepper will play a few less minutes. I think he'll still play. I think they're going to play him every game. Um, well, that's a bit sad. Really. Well, I think it's just where we're at, realistically. Um, like, you, you know, you want to talk about bringing in Archie for Pal Pepper, like... This is exactly the sort of game that Brendan Archie has typically faded into nothing in, yeah? Um, so I, I don't know that him coming in for anyone would really fill my heart with glee. It would almost be like, almost be like coming in with 21 men against the Crows, realistically. Uh, I'd, ra- I'd rather have Archie than Sam Gray. Nah, no, no way, no way. He can at least stick a tackle. Can he? And he can take, and he can take a mark. Okay, against and the can, top and teams? Can, and, he can, and he can kick a goal. Against the top teams, because this is the thing. Like he's really good at you know beating up the scrubbers, and then against the top teams, he just goes missing. That's you that's talking the about, thing. Are you talking about Sam Gray or Brendan Archie? I'm talking about. Well, I'm probably talking a bit about both, but I'm talking more about Archie yeah. than Sam Gray. Yeah. Well, there you go. So well, Sam Archie, Gray. Sam Gray's the ghost against the top side. So yeah, and uh, Archie's worse. So that's why it's nah, not really a straight replace. That is not. True. It's totally true, Rick. It is not. It true. is absolutely unequivocally true. You can bring out the stats to prove it, and I still won't believe it. It's not true. <laughs> well, then there's not really a point in continuing this discussion, is there? So, so the only <laughs> the interesting one is Mumphreys. Like, yeah. who's uh, who's he coming in for? Uh, that's the uh, well, that's the one. That's the thing. Like, if Young was named on the bench, you'd might say Mumphreys for Young, but he's not named on the bench. Young's been is, is in. He's in. He's in in, um, which is a bit strange but he is. Uh, So, Montreux, I don't know who he comes in for. Um, No, I'd like to see him in, though. If if he's honestly fit enough to run out of game, I think, you know, he could be that guy to just sort of distract him with a bit of niggle. He loves that sort of stuff. And uh, I'd love him to go on to... Is Laird 21 for the Crows? I I think he is, because he killed... He killed us in that first game, mm. and uh, you know, just put him on the as a defensive forward on lead. Uh, he's got the he's smart, you know, and uh, a smart footballer. I think he'd be a great get. So as long as he's fit enough to do it. Well, I mean, I guess we can break that down later. Uh, I, I kind of feel that you know, our forward line's going to be up enough against it, and there might not be a lot of opportunity for him. But anyway, let, let's move on. Um, the Adelaide changes, uh, they've brought three ins, Brad Crouch, Jake Lever and Eddie Betts. So Eddie Betts back in is always a bad sign for us. Um, and Jake Lever's mm. coming in for his 50th, but there's also talk he'll be leaving at the end of the year, which is pretty typical for a gross player, it seems. Um, yeah. So who would we, who would we play on Eddie Betts? Well, you see, this is the thing, because the Crows have legit tall forwards, we can't just say, oh, we'll, we'll put Humpsh on him. Because um, we might need Homsch on someone else. We, know, we might need Homsch on Jenkins, although I suppose it might be Jonas on Jenkins and Clory on Walker. I guess that would probably be my first go-to. Um, and But then, you know, who covers bets? Maybe one of them. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So is Darcy good enough to take him down? Well, you see, this is the thing about it, is that Betts is good overhead and Darcy's not. Um, 
that's the, that's not a slam on Darcy. It's just he's not like he's not the guy that's going to outmark the forward in defence. Yeah, um, that's just not who he is. So I think that that's automatically a downside. Um, and the reality is what? that Betts does take marks against us. Yeah. Or well, what not. about Chas- Jasper's okay overhead? Do we go for Jasper? Well, is he good enough overhead? But he might be good enough overhead. But is he good enough at actually following the man? Yeah. Mm. Like that's the thing. Like for me, this is a really big week for our defence, and this is probably the first week all year that I won't say we've got too many defenders because if we actually finally are legitimately up against the best attack in the league, yeah, um, yeah, realis- realistically. So if we've got a strong defence this week, that's absolutely fine, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, but it does also mean that we won't be in our comfort zone because all of our key forward, all our key backmen, will have genuine assignments. Uh, a couple of our smalls will too, and then that means that any production going the other way has got to be absolutely bloody perfect um, because there won't be enough slack to, to cover for if you kick badly going forward. Um, does, our, um, does our most influential player, Robbie Gray, need to play more in the midfield? Oh, I think that's yeah, definite, definite now. Does he have to play predominantly in the midfield this game? Absolutely, yes, he does. I think so too. I, I just don't think we can avoid... Hiding him in the forward line. I, do, I think we need him uh, getting the clearances. I think that he's a, a he's extremely important when Wingard's not there. Like if you know whichever of those two is injured, then the other one has to play midfield. Realistically, I think that's the way we are at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've had a comment on Spreaker chat, well, a couple, but one of them I didn't understand, so I won't read it out. Um, Christoph Aha has said Betts won't play or if he does won't be half as dynamic as he usually is Appendix isn't like getting your fingernails trimmed which is yeah that's true um, but for me Betts isn't about what he does all game it's that he can get away for a quarter yeah he can get away for a quarter and destroy you so that is what we are vulnerable to um, I don't know mm-hmm. and Craig Jones reckoned Houston on Betts which I guess I don't know well, I'd be interested to see it. Houston's yeah. got that good overhead. I guess he doesn't have the football experience, though. That's but, the real issue, yeah. But sometimes playing on great players can create the great experience. Well, that's also true, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'd be the, I don't think it'd be the first match-up, but I think it might happen at some point during the day. Yeah, I'd reckon. Mm. Um, all right, so look, we'll just go zone by zone. How do we match up on them? Paddy Ryder versus Sam Jacobs. So, Paddy Ryder, he's got a target on his head after last week. Absolutely. But I would, I would still give um, Paddy the slight form advantage at the moment. So would I, absolutely. Um, but they, uh, I reckon he's going to get a bit more attention than he... I mean, he's already getting a lot of attention, obviously, but I think that their midfielders will be very, very, very Paddy aware as to what he's doing because they won't want to get caught out like St Kilda did. So he has to tap it to the front this time. Well, I don't know. I just think there won't be any really easy clearances at all in this game. No. Uh, we're going up against the top contested possession side in the league. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. The, basically, the Crows are going to do whatever they can to make it that it's all about the what's going on at ground level and what's happening in the air. So um, that could limit his effectiveness hugely, um, unless he manages to get in there and give it a big thump out wide to someone like uh, Jared Pollack or whoever. So, um, I don't know. I, I think that Paddy might win the hit house, but I don't know that it'll necessarily translate into clearances for us, which is probably not great. Do we... The Crows like to play the extra number at the contest against us, like some teams do. Uh, seeing we're talking about Paddy, and you're going to go into the midfield, I'm sure. Um, do we need to 
match it and instead of playing these extra numbers in defence and and maybe try and have an even amount of players at the uh, the contest? Look, I mean, I, I certainly will at, you know, centre bounces and stuff like that, but when it goes around the ground, I don't know. Um, I think that ideally we're going to try and do what we have done against teams all year and try and lock it in our forward half as much as possible. So uh, we're already looking at plan B, realistically, if we're talking about, you know, oh, are we playing too many defenders? We're already looking at plan B if we're, if we're changing from that. Um, and uh, we don't really do plan B all that much. So I don't know. I think I think we'll just probably start off the way we have for a while and basically hope that a uh, combination of Paddy Ryder and uh, a few clever midfielders will... Um, I turn it into an actual clearance going forward, and that we can maybe mm. get an early goal through Dixon because we we need more we need those early goals through Dixon. They're always his best games after them. Um, mm, mm. Mm. It's worrying. It's worrying. No, I think the midfield. I think we have an opportunity there. If Power Pepper's fit, uh, Ollie Wines um, is focused. Uh, Brad Ebert is back to form. Uh, I think we have, uh, and then obviously Robert Gray's run through there. Don't know why I used his formal name, but anyway. Um, and, Tra- <laughs> and Travis and Travis Boak and Jared Pollock. I think if we use our midfield as well, and Ryder does get on top of Jacobs, I think it does give us an advantage. And I mean, I guess we haven't probably seen enough of it to give us complete confidence, but but who knows? And uh, and maybe. A little bit of rain, slippery ball um, might cause us to play more man-on-man at the stoppages, which might actually work in our favour. Look, I think the real issue that we're having as a club is that, um, and it's why you know it's, it's why White has hung around since he had that one good game, is that we're just not getting we're missing the link. Like when we're getting beaten, it's because we're missing the link. So we might be getting it in the middle, we might be getting the hard ball, but then the next step it just sort of all falls apart. Or it goes, you know, it's a terrible kick down the field or we don't have anyone in position. All these things like that, it really just causes trouble. So, um, yeah, mm. I don't know. Like, and, and Sam Pepper, like, he could be influential this game, but the reality is, like, the last few weeks, like, he's had some really sloppy play a lot of the time. Um, That's because he's injured. Well, he no, it's not even that. It's just that, he, it's, it's that he's not thinking through or he's losing focus, yeah? Like, I'm not saying that... I'm not criticising his effort in any way in terms of getting the ball. He's doing plenty of that, or enough of that, I guess, or about enough. But when he's getting the ball, I think he's thinking about it a hell of a lot less than he needs to um, as to where it's actually going to end up going. Um, and I think that's he's probably... In, he's thing. injured, he needs to be but that's not in, But that's not an injury thing. That's a, that's a disposal decision thing. That's not an yeah. injury thing. But they've got him on drugs, and it's clearly affecting him. And it's the time to bring in the arch. It's the making of the arch, I'm telling you. You just don't want to get I, out of that box of tea. <laughs> I, I can feel that Brendan is going to do a 60-metre handball this weekend. It's going to be like the world record. Of Which handball. direction? Well, 60-metre handball back to Tom Cleary. <laughs> no, I think he's going to be on the western, the western boundary and he's going to hand, handball it to a running Travis Boak in the centre circle. Right. That's, what, that's what I reckon. It's, okay. it's the... It is the time for the man to step up and deliver because it's Mr. Handball himself. Calm down. Um, now, look, we've got a, a few interesting things happening in Spreaker Chat. Ryan Pillow, who's been on hiatus for however long, he's actually back. He's back in Spreaker Chat. So, yeah. hello, Ryan. Uh, hey, and- Ryan. Ooh. Ryan, you shag me now or shag me later? 
Oh, dude, really? Um, and uh, Mecca's in there as well. Hype Wonkers. Ah. He's, cle- he's keen that Gus is in, so, um, okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. So, look, moving on to the Crows midfield. Um, obviously, Crouch, Sloan, and a bunch of other guys. <laughs> Do you want to say yeah. anything else? <laughs> well, you know, Crouch could be a little bit weary with a, you know, with his um, face restructured. So he might be a little bit soft at the contest for a little while there. Um, Eddie might be a little bit tender. I'd definitely be giving him love taps in the belly. And uh, and all I'd be doing if I was the Power Boys is dropping uh, $20 notes by Lever's feet before he goes up for a mark. Harsh. And that might, and that might break his concentration. <laughs> so oh, dear. It might, um, it might actually uh, it might work in our favour. All right, well, let's talk about the actual midfield. Um, and so the actual midfield, look, we'll talk about how they've got the most contested possession in the league. They've got a couple of really good guys, but uh, really it's... I think they, they're they okay at the second tier. They're good enough at the second tier. I think that they could be exposed by a, a classy midfield working the other way, but we don't have that, so it doesn't really matter what I think. Um, and they've got a few, and they've still got grinders like Richard Douglas and Brad Crouch in the side, you know. I, I don't know. But we we need as a club. So Fort Adelaide doesn't matter all the things that could be done. Any matters we can do, and the only way we can win this match is if we win in the midfield um, at, at least half of the game, and probably need to win three quarters of the game because they've got a better forward line uh, structure than us, so they'll probably be more efficient. Um, yeah, I don't well, know. That's, well, that's the that really boils down to what our issue is. The we don't have the forward line transition as well drilled as the Crows or the structure. Uh, and that's the that's the make or great break for us. And I guess West Coast was a bit of an eye-opener oh, yeah. um, to, to that we can do it. And then obviously we don't want to talk about what happened after that, except for you might want to because you had a great time apparently. No. Macca and I were crying over here whilst you were celebrating um, but uh, okay. but yeah, so they did show that they can do it against West Coast, which all came from winning the clearances in the midfield as well. And but just dropping the eyes, and that's that's got to be our key to success um, to spot up multiple targets and not long bomb. If we just long bomb it to Charlie Dixon, I just think they're going to tear us a new one on the rebound. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I mean, this is the, the, look, for me, the bigger concern is that we don't even get a Charlie Dixon or that he has to get the ball on the wing because we're not clearing it from defence or the defensive side of, fifth of the ground. Um, because that's the thing. like It's those links going forward. It's those links going forward that are really where we have fallen down in the games that we've fallen down in. Mm. Um, we've got Ryan Pillar on Spreaker Chat saying that we need to shut down Sloan and Matt Crouch, which, yeah, if we could do that, then we would win. I don't think anyone's done that this year. Crouch is averaging 32 disposals and five clearances, so uh, that's well, probably Sloan's not... Well, been, Sloan's <laughs> been taken down. Yeah, that's only one of the two. Yeah, um, okay. So we need to take down two. So yeah. what about what about we just get... Uh, we pick up Mumphreys just to run through with an elbow to take Crouch <laughs> out and, and fracture his face just before the finals. Yep, sure, and, sure, sure. Uh, and Travis Boak just tags Sloan out of the game. Well, that's another thing. Apparently, uh, Macca might have been going off this rumour as well. Apparently, rumour is Gus that has been told he's playing, according to Ryan on the Spreaker chat. So, uh, I don't know what I think about that. I mean, I guess it makes sense. 
Because we have just said that we probably need to play Robbie Gray in midfield, so maybe, yeah, okay. In that case, you do say there might be room for Montreux up forward, but, it, gee, it's a bit of a baptism of fire, isn't it? Hmm. I think mm. it's amazing. Mm. I would love him to come in. And I think that's great mail. I think he's the man for the job to destabilise Adelaide. I think he's... Maybe this is his last hurrah. Maybe oh, he said, it definitely guys, is. Yeah. Maybe he just said, guys, just pick me, and uh, I'm going to go out like Alistair Lynch. And he says, I won't fight. Look, I mean, I think any player would want to go out like Alistair Lynch where you turn uh, the most disgraceful act of uh, violence in a grand final in probably a decade into an extremely long post-career media job. And and player management. (laughs) Yeah, however the hell that happened. (laughs) Uh, and, And then dine out on the fact that you got suspended for 16 weeks and had retired by then. Someone has to do it. But I, I did actually like Lethal's comment last night, or Mark Bickley's comment last night on the way home, about players that play in an era end up, the majority of them have post-football uh, careers that are successful compared to others. And that's a lure to keeping a, an era dynasty side together compared to running off uh, and trying to make more money somewhere else. So... Um, which makes sense. A lot of Brisbane players did stuff and, uh, you know, Hawthorne before them. So uh, I can see the logic in that. That was all about trying to keep Lever and uh, McGovern at the club. Um, that's the most depressing conversation we're going to have tonight because you've just talked about the Crows having a dynasty. So, hold on. Um... Oh, sorry. Hey, did, you hear, <laughs> did you see the rumour of uh, someone posted up that Tippett um, reportedly wants to come for the power next year? Now... <laughs> Five years, well, not if we could add a twenty-five-year-old Kurt Tippett to our current side, I'd be good with it, um, because he'd be a really good compliment to Ryder and Dixon. But he's what thirty-something, isn't he? He's not. He's not thirty. Surely he's, he's been around since Super Draft. I think he's no. the same. Yeah, he's the same as Bokey, isn't he? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Can't boys on the and girls on the forum let us know? I'm pretty sure he's how... the same same year as uh, Travis Boke. So uh, do you know uh, what? Oh. At this point in time, I'd still take him. Well, look, this is the thing. Like, if you did, then next year is premiership or complete restructure. Like, that is it. Like, that would absolutely be it. If you did do that. Like, that would be no other no other way you could do next season. It'd be like, this is absolutely our chance. We're going to take it. Dylan says he's 30. Yeah, I'd still take it. Yeah. I don't, I don't reckon I would. No. Nah, not unless we got rid of Matthew Lobby or someone. Nah. Mm. Well, we're going to probably get rid of Matthew Lobby. Well, let's not let's not count our chickens before they hatch, Rick. Well, um, unless, I guess it's either Frampton, Howard, or Tippett, isn't it? Well, I guess if the if the rumour's true, or another player insert outside of Tippett. Well, I mean, it really depends on if we trade back into the first round and things like that as well. I don't know. Uh, all right, well, look, we'll move on to the forward line very briefly. Taylor Walker's kicked 43 goals. Jenkins has kicked 31 goals. Lynch has kicked 25. Um, that's pretty good. They're all averaging over a goal a game, and obviously... But what Taylor did Walker's they kick two. against us in round three? Why do I have to look this up, Matt? Hey, why do I have to look this up? Because <laughs> why, why is I'm it on a, me? <laughs> because I'm on a mobile phone. You've right. got a computer. All right, I'll look it up now. Got your pain, Rick. Do your own research. Yes. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> 
okay. Well, I'm the boss. I'm used to just asking people to do stuff for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Tom Lynch kicked two. Uh, yep. And Taylor Walker kicked four. And he kicked that bloody goal from, like, 60 metres out, too. Yeah, Hasn't and Jenkins pulled... didn't play, so... Hasn't pulled one of those out of his butthole forever, and then he does that against us. Um, yeah, well, is Jenkins the... Uh, is he the problem child for us? Well, he's the problem child for when our defence is shithouse, yeah. Um, but that's the one saving grace. Our, our defence has been rock solid all but, year. But this is the most... Our, against the Crows is the most our defence should be pressured this year, so... Should be, but doesn't mean it will be. It might not be, and that's going to come down to midfield again. But if we, and mm, and yes. forward pressure, locking the ball in our forward 15. Yeah, yeah, that'll help. That'll help. But don't forget, every time you kick a goal, it comes back. So, um, mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a, there is a limit to how useful that alone is. Yeah, but that's on the principle that we actually want to kick goals. We're just going to, our play <laughs> is just going to be to kick it to the pocket, <laughs> right, and just lock it in the pocket. For 118 minutes, right? And then we're just going to snag one goal at the end, and that's it. It'll be I the hate first. Soccer. It'll be the first <laughs> six point to zero game ever, and that's, it will be amazing. That sounds like the worst game of football imaginable, Rick. Well done. Um, you, and on another controversial note, yeah. Did you see the disgusting umpires that they've picked for this game? No, I don't care about that. Stevic's playing. Okay. Notorious Port Robber. And our new mate from last week, Stevens, is back. Okay. Now, he should be picking every free out for us after the spray that he got leaving the ground last week. So I'd be shocked if uh, if he has another appalling uh, out, outing. But he had uh, that was a ridiculous amount of frees against us last week in that last quarter. And Stevic's done it to us in the past. Is this some sort of AFL conspiracy? Do you reckon you get good service going to a restaurant and shouting at the waiters? Uh, no, but I heard biting them does well. Okay, cool. Because, I mean, I really feel like, you know, giving, some, giving umpires a mouthful at the end of the game, I really don't think that does anything positive for you at all, realistically. No, I don't think so either. But no, no. going and bitching and moaning to the AFL... Oh, that I definitely does. Yeah, that's going to the boss. Ten. That's talking to the manager, not talking to the staff. So that's a Correct. huge difference. Huge difference. And that's definitely what Correct. we should do. Um, moving on to the Crows' defence. Um, look, it's OK. They're behind the best contested midfield in the league, so how good do they have to be? Um, they're OK. They're pretty good. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, they've got, they've got the, the rock, Daniel Talia. Daniel Talia, absolutely. That's um, unmovable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't, there's not really anything exciting about the defence, I don't think. Yeah, Leeds a good well, player. But... So what's exciting about our defence? Ah, uh, Dan Houston. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the possibility that Hamish Hartlett will kick 60 metres this week. Um, did you see? Did you see improvement from Jasper Pittard last week? I did. Um, that's kind of because the ball probably came to him more than it has. Um, whether it'll be yeah, a consistent still, improvement, still I don't point. know. No, well, it is. They still, seem to be, they still seem to be more run and carry this week. Yeah, oh yeah, look, it's an improvement on his recent form, um, but I, I am not yet... Con- I'm not convinced that it's 
like it was at his best. And when it was his best, it was because he was taking an active creative role. Whereas last week I felt that a lot of it was reactionary to, you know, what was happening the other way. Uh, and mm. that's not a bad thing. You do need players that can do that. But if we're talking about Jasper being in his best form, he's still a rung below that, very clearly a rung below his best form, which is being yeah. an actual creative counter-attacker. So um, yeah. I, don't th- I don't think he's quite there yet. Are we ready for the big footy questions? I'm so excited. Uh, well, two quick ones, really, really quickly. Um, two other areas. Coach, should we be concerned about Don Pike? Yes, he, we haven't beaten him. And does either side have the psychological advantage? I mean, it's pretty clear the Crows do. Uh, they won the last four times we've played in the top of the ladder, and we're not. So, uh, and we haven't beaten a top four side. So, uh, but if it's a fifty-fifty game, there is no psychological advantage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Did you want to, <laughs> do you want to ask those questions from Big Footy or not? <laughs> Name three players that will play well when we win, but play poorly when we lose. Brendan Archie. Sam Gray. <laughs> uh, I don't know who else. Actually, Sam Gray. Probably Aaron Young. Mm, Sam Gray. Mm. Um, who did you say? Aaron Young and um, Brendan Archie. That's disgusting. Sam Gray. Deal with it. Matthew Matthew Westhoff. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew Westhoff. Westhoff. <laughs> Why not bring out Nathan Steinberg while you're at it? Yeah, you know what I mean. Justin <laughs> Westhoff. Mm-hmm. I think he. I think he's another one. And uh, oh, jeez, yeah, Pollock. No, sure. He can not. disappear. He can disappear when we lose. Yeah, but that's because they shut him down, not because he's not playing well. That's well, different. then he's not playing well. He's no, but that's different. That's, like this year, which, I guess look, for me, Pollock is a different player this year than he has been in previous years. Like that—that's he's had the Schofield transformation. He's been really consistent. All right, all right, I'll change it. Jack yeah. Comsch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have, yeah. You happy with that one? I find it hard to disagree. All right. What are your thoughts on the Tom Rockcliffe and Stephen Motler free agency rumours? Oh, I'm not really By interested Schultz in either of them. Best. I'm not interested in either of them, really. Uh, not much. No. I can understand no. the thinking behind Motlot, but... No, nah, I'd pass uh, on both. Yeah, no. Is, is the Iron Bank of Bravos too big to fall? <laughs> fall or fail? Fail. Well, it's a bank, so it's too big to fail, I'm assuming. Um, yes, it is, clearly. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Well, I mean, they're basically PayPal... For Westeros, so yeah, no, they're fine. I don't even know what it is. It's a Game of Thrones thing, Rick. Do you watch Game of Thrones? No, you don't. No, there you go. Oh, there you go. That's but I, lo- I love this question. Okay. What is the first? This is from Needs Gravy. Yeah. What is the first property on your wish list in Monopoly? Atlantic Avenue. Huh? <laughs> Sorry, I played the American board version. Um, it's one of the yellow set. I like the yellow set in Monopoly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're my nah, favourite. See, that's the wrong area to start in, all right? I'm like a Monopoly guru, and I always win. And outside of being very crafty with your trays, you got to go for the light blues or the browns. So Old Kent Road or Euston Road, that has to be your target, right? Because you buy them up early... And people don't want them, but then you just load up with property straight away and before people can build and get enough on those crafty yellows, which are too expensive. Yellows and greens are just way overinflated. 
Look, I agree with you, but for me, I like yellows because they're at a, a really nice little price point. Um, they're in an area that I feel people tend to land on quite a bit. Uh, and the rental returns are really pretty significant. So, uh, you know, I understand. I also like the railroads. They're always a good one because, yes. you know, when you've, got all, when you've got all full railroads, like, that just really yes. shoots people off. Um, yes. And it depends on which variant of the game that you play. Yeah, you know, true. Can you buy straight away or can, do you have to go around one time? Some people play two times. Oh, uh, we, um, had, we had the, 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 the Vegas version pretty much, which was that if you all, all fines that you pay go to under free parking and then if you land, the first person to land on free parking clears it out, they get all the fines. Yes, that's right. But yep. not a, you don't get free parking if you land on it from a double. Okay, yeah, no, th- third double. It's a third double for, for the way I used to play it. So Third double? Yeah, so yeah. Who, so if, if you're all doubles... Your highest, who will be your highest brown loan? Polar, for Port. For Port? Oh, I don't Dylan. know. Dylan asked that one, the man. Probably Robbie Gray, isn't it? Robbie Gray? Yeah. Hmm. They're not I'm creative umpires. I'm going to go Brad Ebert. Okay. That's cool. I, I would like that. Uh, I would love it, but it's unlikely. Um, and Warfie87 is 1870s trying to be a troll, I think, saying Matt Prittis is retiring early so he can be reunited. Re, uh, Redrafted to the Don Pike and the Crows next year. Okay. Yeah. Thoughts on that one? It doesn't involve us, so I just do not give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Andre wanted to know... Andre was saying he agrees with you, jail, uh, yellow, because it's close to jail. Uh, If Ken doesn't tag Sloan from the start, which assistant should KT replace him with at halftime? Against the Crows, Nathan Bassett. Yeah, I'd be picking Bassett too. Yeah. Uh, which of the following attitudes should we take into this game? We're winning this or we're not losing this? This is a very old debate on Big Footy because we always talked about how under Choco we were afraid to lose uh, more than we were wanting to win. So definitely the former <laughs> is what we should have, but the latter is probably what we might have. Well, I've been banging on that I think Ken Hinckley gives too much praise to the opposition. Too much gush and plant seeds, so no, I would no. much prefer to be winning this game because we're winners, and that's what we do. Um, okay. Does K. Lessey actually suck? K. Lessey, what? K. H. A. L. Double E. S. I. Ah, Khaleesi. Um Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's pretty, pretty fair comment. Yeah. What's what's Khaleesi? Khaleesi is Amelia Clark's character in Game of Thrones. She's a queen. Uh, Can we just stop with this Game of Thrones <laughs> shit? Can people just stop asking this garbage? It, look, it's a Come good on. show. It's a good show, Rick, realistically. It's a good show. No, um, no. All right. Um, I, do you I, actually think... I just want to add on Game of Thrones before you, we, we don't ask any more Game of Thrones questions, which is that I really wish Littlefinger's subplots would do something again because it's been ages since he's yeah. done anything really awful. I'd rather uh, put toothpicks in my eyes too. So yeah. Okay. Uh, do you think Montfries just, just, will come in? Think of this as our yoga. Sorry. Think of this as what? Our yoga, our version of yoga, or, or you know, new age yeah, living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you okay. actually think Montfries will come in? Look, he might, um, because we are, we, well, for the reasons we already talked about, you know, with um, Wingard out, um, then you know we we have to play grain midfield, uh, and yeah. Yeah. And Dylan's agreed with me about Littlefinger. 
he's just there, but Sansa doesn't really need him. And like, he needs the, she needs the influence, but it's just, it feels like he's just hanging around waiting for a plot to happen. I'm just like, just have it happen. Just do it. Right. And um, (laughs) I wasn't going to read it because uh, this person was being cheeky, thinking that you were going to, you were going to do this section. So they'd be able to get this question in, but um, didn't think that Macca and I would read that question. So Right. I'll read it anyway now. Yeah, go on. By Power Girl. Um, given that both teams now recognise this is the year of fast starts wins games, how hard and fast will Port start? And too what fast, too furious. Yeah, baby. <laughs> awesome. All right, that's it for the questions. Okay, that it? Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> that was a strange question, but uh, it's fine. Um, more more Game of Thrones talk on Spreaky Chat. Ryan Phillips said, Littlefinger is such a creep. I look forward to John lopping his head off. So do you have an opinion on that, Rick, by any chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go uh, I don't know who to go for out of Geelong and Sydney. Go a draw. <laughs> Another draw. Uh, draws aren't draws fun. Not, draws aren't good for us, actually. They don't We're matter probably... to us. They really don't. No. No. Draws don't matter to us. We've got this what second best percentage in a league still. It doesn't really matter, and the best percentage yeah. isn't coming anywhere near us on the ladder, so we're fine. All right. Well, look. I mean, I guess we're happy to move into the final wrap if that's all the questions. Sounds um, good. All right. So, who is your winning side? What is your winning margin? And who is going to kick the most goals for Port Adelaide? Uh, winning side, Port Adelaide. Winning margin, um, two goals. Okay. What's the rest of it? Um, high score could keep a Port Adelaide. Who's going to get goals oh, for us? Shit. Oh, God. Uh, and here is the problem. I I am struggling. Oh, you're going to say but, Gus Wanfries, aren't you? No. I, I was going to say Robbie Gray with three goals. Oh, okay. That's unlikely, but okay, cool. Um, all right, for me, winning side is going to be Adelaide, um, and they're going to win by about 30 points, I reckon. Uh, and I would say the highest goal kicker for Port is probably going to be, because uh, I don't think we're going to do well, it's probably going to be Justin Westhoff with two. And what about the showdown medalist? That's a good question. I always forget that one. Um, I don't know. I'm if... going to go yeah. Hamish Hartland. Hamish right. is going to have a blinder with without his buddy... Um, Matthew Broadbent cramping his style. Um, Hamish is the man. He's going to stand and deliver. I'm just trying to think what would be the most irritating. I think the most irritating would be if it was Josh Jenkins, but I don't think that'll happen. Um, I don't know. Richard Douglas? Let's go Richard Douglas, just because that'll be irritating too. And I I have one last question for you. Yes? Is this the beginning of the end of Matthew Broadbent at Port Adelaide? Ah, uh, could be. Could be, yeah. Yeah? Well, look, we talk about how we've got an excellent defence, and an excellent defence is characterised by people having different attributes. So you've got multiple flex- multiple ways you can configure, a lot of flexibility, and it's you've always got to match up for any player. And Broadbent probably adds the least in terms of options of players he can play against. Uh, and he doesn't he doesn't have the, the class and skill to be the super rebounding guy either. Um He's probably, I guess what I'm saying is he's the most vanilla, vanilla of our halfbacks, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And in a defence that wasn't already pretty loaded, uh, you'd definitely keep him in. But 
if you're saying someone's superfluous to our needs right now, it probably is broadband. Mm. And he might get something at the trade table, don't you think? I'd imagine so. He's a senior defender in a settled defence. Um, there's definitely teams that need those. So, yeah. I've got no, I've yeah. Got no doubt if he, did, if he did move to another club that we would get something for him. Um, might be a yeah. player in return. Uh, maybe a, a half-forward type. Uh, and that could be good for both clubs that way, depending on who it would be. I don't know who it would be. Don't ask me. Um, and I'm probably not going to research by next week, so don't ask me next week either. Um, <laughs> We're safe. Mac will probably be back next week. That's true. All right. So, look, moving on to the few factor. Which Port player should Adelaide be the most concerned about? Robbie Gray. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm going to say Charlie Dixon, just because if he does kick goals, then it might be the way... Um, I, find, we, I find it very hard that he's going to kick goals with as him as the sole fo- focal point against Crows. Yeah, I do too. But if he does, then we might win. I don't think he will, but I think if yeah. he does, we might win. Uh, and which Adelaide player should we be the most concerned about? Which which Crows player? I'm going to go uh, Laird, 21, because I thought... I thought he was instrumental in uh, really carving us apart last game. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. I'm going to say um, Tom Lynch, just because I rate him. And he's, 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 he's good against us, so, yeah. I know you love Tom Lynch, because you figured you want him to be our second forward. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd be, okay. I think he'd be good for us. Um, we've got... Uh-huh. We've got a late question, or not a late, apparently I missed it, and Craig Jones is having a wobbly on Spreaker chat, so let's answer it. Um, should we try Homsch as a Chad Korn-style half-forward slash defender? No. I've seen him try to take offensive marks, and it doesn't work mm. very well at all. I think that Chad Corns had something that was very hard to replicate, and it's obviously still the case because he carries on, you know, when we win, apparently, uh, and that is that he had presence. Uh, and Homsch... Look, there's nothing wrong with Homsch. He lopes around the back line pretty well, but he's probably got the presence of a Matthew Bishop rather than a Chad Corns, and that is a different sort of player entirely. So Correct. I, I, I don't think that works. I don't think that works for us. I'm with you. Um, and a quiet achiever. Who is going to put in the game of the highest standard that may not wow the crowds? Tom Clury. Okay, okay. Who's he going to shut down? Taylor Walker. All right, I like that. Let's go. Yep, sounds good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, what about you? Oh, shit, I don't know. Uh, Take Tom Clury. No, I'm going to say Dan, Carl Amon. Dan, Dan Houston. Carl Amon. Carl Amon, I reckon. Um, I think he'll probably have 15 really good touches and do one bad thing that he gets lambasted for. So... <laughs> I think he'll be. Mm. I think he'll think. I think it'll be useful coming back, uh, continuing or second week back. But anyway, yeah. All right, excellent. So we're done. Yay! Uh, yeah, we are done. There you go. Awesome. So, well, I I'm can not... have some vegan yogurt now. Oh Jesus! That's yeah. that's Game of Thrones. Uh, all right. So look, uh, thank you everyone listening in. Uh, thank you for coming back, Ryan Filler, to uh, the Four Fan Radio, and uh, everyone else listening in tonight. That's really good to have a live chat. Uh, yes. Unlike Macker, I do read the chat. Um. <laughs> oh, no, he's a, he's a snubber of the chat, isn't he? Oh, it's not good enough for him. Not good enough. <laughs> I try to get him chat interactive, but he doesn't want any. 
Uh, you he should must... hear what it... If only the chatters actually heard what he said about them offline, they'd be disgusted. What does he say? What does he say? Oh, he's so he's just so cocky. He just oh. he's just like screw them. They they just come back regardless. I don't care. He's just he doesn't care about his fans. I I plead with him to sort of uh, pay attention to the fans, and he's like, nah. Nah, look, I mean, nah. it's just how Macca is these days. If you're not buying fish and chips off him, he doesn't want to know you. So. Uh... Oh yeah. Just drop, dropping his business every opportunity. Soto's here, Soto's there. Getting, getting a big everywhere. head just because he's got the best fish and chip shop in the semaphore area, you know? That's yeah. Soto's. Yeah. That's, no, that's exactly true. right. <laughs> he's, uh, he's just getting so far ahead of himself. Yeah, no, really unpleasant, but apparently the food's good at uh, Soto's and semaphore, so uh, there you go. Yeah, All right. I need to, need to try one of those deep fried potato cakes. Yeah, I'm sure they were cooked very well because we know that Macca is extremely exacting and has high standards, which makes him a bit of a pain to be around on the podcast. But realistically, look, uh, the food's probably all right, so maybe check it out at Soto's in Semaphore. <laughs> you know, I gave him some quality gold. I said, what about deep frying a Cornetto? I want him to deep fry a custard tart. I reckon that'd be a good one. Mm, pastry mm. of prom pastry. Yeah. Well, different sort of pastry, mm. that's the thing. So, mm. Mm. All right, mm. we're going to wrap it up. So thanks, everyone, for listening in. And, oh, Jesus, I hope we win this week, but I'm not sure we will. But let's say can't port anyway. Can't port. The power. Go, you mighty ports. Port, port, port. Power. These chips are pretty good. <laughs> good. Gray was brave. Running hard, more getting forward. One last chance. Boat brilliant. Wines, Monfrey's centering ball, Cassisi, Willard, <laughs> you know who again. It is his birthday. <laughs> Kid's a freak.